how to see God working in my life. Anybody want to see God work in their life today? I mean, I do. How to see God working in my life. I'm going to give you six principles. And the first one is this. Gain some perspective. Gain some perspective. So, uh, just remember that we're coming out of break free from judgment. And uh, look at verse 1. John chapter 9, verse 1. As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, teacher, who sinned? Have that circled in my Bible. Who sinned? That's the question. Who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. I think you can see the point now, can't you? (laughs) Gain some perspective. Judgment clouds my point of view. Judgment clouds my point of view. I need to change the way I look at it. I need to gain some perspective. I need to look at it again. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? That's like putting him on the spot. Now, I don't think Jesus cares. I don't think he's like put off by the fact that they're putting him on the spot. It's not a bad question per se. It has a little bit of a twinge of judgment for sure. (laughs) Since we just got done studying that, I think shame on the disciples. Shame on us. We've probably been judgmental again this week too. Amen? I hope not, but I think it's true. And then you see what they do. Who sinned, this man or his parents? I'm not sure we should ever give Jesus multiple choice questions, right? I mean, Jesus, what do you think would be a better way to say it rather than, well, pick A or B or C, and he's like, none of the above, right? It's like you have no idea. You need to gain some perspective here, disciples. So the question is, who sinned? The problem is the disciples want to debate about this guy. Was it his sin? Was his mom and dad's sin? There's a lot of theological stuff there. I'm going to leave it all alone. I think we can just take the simple truth right here. They're asking a question, who sinned? They want to debate about this guy. Why he has the problems he has. And Jesus wants to help the guy. Isn't that like us? I'm kind of like, do we want to help people or we want to debate about whether people need help or not, or how much help they need. and <laughs> It's just so clear. Anybody have glasses? I see them. So contacts you can't do this with. But if you have glasses, like, I don't have glasses, but I really do need them. If you see me do this with my Bible or go like this, like, that's just a thing now. I'm 44. <sighs> Getting old. Here's the deal. I have a son with glasses. His name's Quinn, he's six years old, and he likes to put his hands in his mouth, and he likes to get his hands on his glasses, and I'm telling you, it's like this, right? It's, I mean, like, I don't even know how you could see out of those things, right? This is so crazy. 
And that's what judgment does for us, right? When we're judging people, it's like you can't see out of those lenses. And uh, we have our agenda, right? Whether it's abortion or being gay. I don't know how you feel about those very key issues. But like sometimes we let our agenda and our own uh, sin get in the way of seeing clearly that this person needs help. And we debate about whether or not we should even be around that person or the person needs help. Right? Sin is sin. Call it what it is. Everyone who's a sinner needs help. I need help. Anybody else? Like, so that's the thing. And so we need to gain some perspective. We need to clean our glasses, so to speak. The issue is my sin. The issue is your sin. I get that. But if you look at Jesus' answer, this isn't about sin. Like, it's not about His sin. It's not about their sin. It's about glory. It's about God's work to conquer sin. And let's gain that perspective. Not an issue to debate. It's a person to help. It's not, don't think this way. It's not, how did I get here? I mean, I don't know what you did last night. I don't know what this week was like, but I'm sure sin was involved. And you could be sitting here in church beating yourself up going, well, how did I get here? How did I do that again? How did I let that happen? How did I lose control? Not how did I get here, but how does God want to use this going forward? Not I wished I would have done that different, but based on what God allowed me to go through, now I am going to do some things different. Less of the past, more of the future, what does God have for me now? So you rolled into church today. You could be really focused on your past. Could I give you a little perspective? God's more interested in your eternal future than your past. Your past is there to help you understand you need Jesus. You're blind. Now the blind man didn't need to be reminded that he was blind. But people that need to gain a different perspective, sometimes they need to be reminded, hey, we're blind. We can't see it. We need to wipe the glasses. We need to figure it out. All right, the second thing, roll up my sleeves. So if you want to see God working in your life, you've got to gain some perspective. Second, you've got to roll up your sleeves. Roll up my sleeves. Participation opens my eyes. Participation in the work of God opens my eyes. All right, let me read it for you, verse 4. Here's what Jesus says. We must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. There's an urgency. Night is coming. There's an urgency. When no one can work, there's an urgency. Do you see the point? I hope you do. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Not the first time he said that. Having said these things, he spit on the ground 
and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed, literally smeared the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed, and he came back seeing. Woo! I mean, he came back seeing. That's crazy. I mean, that doesn't happen. That's a miracle. So don't lose sight of the miracle today. All right? Won't be the first time I point that out, or the last. All right. Roll up my sleeves. Participation opens my eyes. Do you see what Jesus says? He says, work while it's day. And then do you see what Jesus modeled for us? He worked. He did something. Jesus could have been, you're healed. You can see. He could have just done it. He could have said it. I mean, he spoke the whole world into existence. He didn't need to do anything for the guy to be healed. But it goes with what he's saying. We need to work the works of him who sent me. We need to do some things along the way God's will says we should. And so Jesus models it. He could have just said, healed. You can see. Ta-da! He could have said whatever he wanted to say. And it would have been done. But Jesus did some things in this miracle. And the blind man had to do something too. Do you see it? The blind man wasn't just like, well, I'm healed. Jesus did it for me. He had to go wash. What happens if he doesn't wash? What happens if he doesn't have the faith to believe that, hey, if I go wash, it's going to be... Maybe he just wanted to get the mud off. The blind man had a role to play as well. Do you see the word disciples there? We're his disciples. Up in verse 1 and verse 2, were his disciples, his disciples asked. We're his disciples. And we need to do the work that he's called us to. He's talking to us when he says, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The urgency is ours to be urgent. We must work the works that God has for us. Now, the best way I can draw this up um, is, um, hopefully you guys can all see this. It's what we call a personal ministry line. How many, how many of you guys are in ministry? Wow, I'm surprised. So you're all in ministry if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Maybe not full-time vocational ministry, as in you get paid to do it, at least not on this earth. But we're all in full-time ministry. And this is what we call a personal ministry line, okay? Personal ministry line. That's words that, if you've been here very long, you've heard this before. You've probably seen me draw this before. But in case you're new, this is called maturity in Christ, right? This is called time in Christ. Maturity. Man, if I got saved and I went straight up to maturity, that would be awesome. It took no time at all. I was just mature in a day. Cool. Wish. That was it. 
If, if that was like, you know, down here, I'm like, oh, I didn't get very mature, but I spent a lot of time in Christ. That's not awesome either, right? So what we're looking for is like this. And we're hoping it goes straight out the roof. Just constant gains. But the thing is, there's this personal ministry line. And you need to break through it. Some people think church is just about coming and getting poured into. And those people, they reach a ceiling and sometimes they even tail off. They stop coming. Because there's no participation. Some people break through this personal ministry line. It's not that. It's more like this. Right? It's not a straight line. You should know that by now if you've been in Christ. Right? But, but this is where you flatline. That's what I'll call it. This is where when you don't decide, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to find out what God has gifted me to do. I'm going to do it in the local church. When we don't do that, we're stuck. And we stop seeing things from God's perspective and we start getting really negative. Why don't they do this at church? And why don't they do that at church? And why don't... And honestly, these people here are some of the hardest people to deal with in church. Because they know it all, but they're doing nothing. And so, in the text, if you want to see God working in my life, how, how do I do that, Steve? Well... Gain some perspective, but this, roll up your sleeves. you got to participate in the work of the ministry. And I, just as I was preparing this week, you know, I want to gently say some people need to hear that today. You know, um, we have this, this card, it's called Anchors and Allies. And this is just our version of like, help God, <laughs> right? Go, go to work for God, Right? And so I have these down here. I think for some people, it'll be a great application of the message just to like come get one and maybe pray over it this week and say, God, what have you called me to do? I need to get involved. I need to roll up my sleeves because I need my perspective to be changed. I need to see you working. So take that as a good application for someone here today. Here's the third thing. Shut my mouth. Oh boy, it's getting deep. Gain some perspective, roll up my sleeves. This is how I'm going to see God at work in my life. Uh, Shut my mouth. Foolish talking blurs my vision. Really assumptions, right? Sometimes I assume I know what I'm talking about. And so I'm just going to assume that I'm right. I'm just going to say a bunch of stuff. Uh, Look at it in the text. The neighbors, so he comes back and he can see. I mean, so he comes back and he can see. Some of you guys get it. I mean, this is crazy. And the neighbors and those who had seen him before, the people that were already seeing, see him before as a beggar, were saying, running their mouth, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. (laughs) So they said to him, Then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, 
28 words. Long testimony, I guess. The man called Jesus, underline that, man called Jesus, made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and received my sight. Woo-hoo! They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. Here's how it would go. You guys get to say this. Isn't this the beggar? Perfect. Don't forget that. You guys say, yeah, that's him. Okay. And then this section over here gets to say this. Nah, it's only, it only looks like him. All right, what's your part? Isn't this the beggar? Yeah, it's him. It only looks like him. All right, now, what I want you to do, because there would have been a lot of questions, I want you to say what your phrase is three times. Go. I'm the man. It's me. I'm the man. But they can't hear him. Question, 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 question. No, it's me. For reals. Like, I'm the guy. And they can't hear him. All the questions, even more division, more words, more sin. You'll see it in a second. Look at verse 13. Then they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day. Uh oh. Dun, dun, dun. You know, when Jesus had made the mud and opened his eyes, he wouldn't want to do anything good on the Sabbath. Like go to church. Okay. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. So tell me your story, bro. And he said to them, just 12 words now, he's got it, he's starting to hone his story a little. He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Pretty concise. Good one. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Number one test if you're from God or not. For sure. Forget accepting Jesus as your Savior. Just, just as long as you're here on chur- at church on Sunday, you're, we're good, right? But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? I'm thinking Nicodemus was one of those guys. And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, they're like, we can't solve it between the two of us, we're just arguing. So they're like, well, let's just ask him again. So they said to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? And he said, he is a prophet. I want you to underline that. He is a prophet. What was the other phrase I asked you to underline? Man called Jesus. Well, there's a man. I think his name's Jesus. And now he's like, um, he's a prophet. He's getting there. He's getting there. He speaks for God. 
And Jesus does speak for God, and we want to speak for God as well, correct? Correct? We, do, do you want to speak for God? I want to speak for God. But there's a time when I need to shut my mouth, right? And, uh, you know, all the questions, all the division, all the words, all the more sin. Proverbs ten nineteen says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. That's a good verse. That's a good verse. You ever um, ask a certain question of someone? Maybe your spouse? Maybe your kids? Maybe a coworker or a friend? Because you assume the answer will prove your point? Anybody ever done that? Well, let me just ask you this leading question. Because when you answer it, I'm going to be right. Maybe we should listen more and find out what's true. Man, that, that stings me too. I could tell it, it, it was impactful. Your words can hinder your faith. Your words can hinder your faith. And they can also the hinder the, the faith of others. Words matter. And we have to be careful. We have to choose our words carefully. James 1, 19 and 20 say, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That's a verse we all need to learn, listen to, apply. And uh, you're going to see it in the text as they get a little more cranked up, a little more angry. And um, look at verse 18. Verse 18. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind. Okay. So we got some unbelief here. And, and the point is, change my mind. You know, in order to see Jesus working, you might just have to change your mind. They didn't believe that he had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son, just get this phrase, who you say was born blind? Are you tricking us? You say that he was born blind, but I don't know. This is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. How then does he see now? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. Well, good for you. But how he now sees, we do not know. Like he didn't go home and tell his mom and dad. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, 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 really? Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Oh, you're giving it away now. It's a who now. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents now 
This is giving it away. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. They were scared. They were scared to tell the truth. You know what? There's some people here in this room right now that are scared to tell the truth about who they are in Christ or who they aren't. They're scared to say, you know what I thought I was, but I changed my mind because God opened my eyes. I'm this now. I'm saved today. There's some people that are scared because of how they'll look or be perceived. They didn't believe. So they said, ask him, he's of age. They didn't believe. They tried to disprove it. They asked all these questions. How good can he see? Was he really born blind? Let's run some tests. Let's do some analytics, right? And the point is, open your thinking up and avoid this paralysis by analysis that's going on in the text. So they called his parents. Who do you say that he is? You know, who who say he was blind? Well, if you don't believe them, he's their parents. I mean, it's just craziness right here. Let me just give you three quick principles and we'll move to the next point. Here it is. If you don't want to see God working, you won't see it. I prayed, I received, oh, that must have just been a coincidence. If you don't want to see God's hand, that God created the world, you won't see it. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. Right? The Pharisees didn't want to believe that Jesus could heal this guy. They wanted to disbelieve it. They wanted to disprove it. They were doing anything they could to get stuck in their own thinking. And his parents were more concerned with the fallout of embracing the miracle, wow, than just going, this is amazing! Our son was blind! We had to like teach him all this stuff, walk him around, he's been a beggar all his life, he's no good to society. And now he can see! And how many times do we do that? When God does something awesome, we're like, eh, I don't know. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, how am I going to tell my mom and dad if I get saved today? They baptized me as a baby. I'm supposed to be saved. I just got to tell you, like, the fallout. Really? You're going to worry about the fallout of an awesome miracle when God saves you, when God remakes you. Some of us need to be born for the first time today. (laughs) Others need to be reborn, right? Some of us are just dead in our faith. we're, We're Christians, but we're just not... We're not really on fire. Could I just ask you it this way? Has there ever been a time in your Christian life where you love God more than you do now? Why is that? 
And why are we okay with it? I want to be red hot, on fire. And I realize, grace given, there are hard points in your Christian journey. I think those things bring you even closer to the Lord. But then it gets going well again. And we kind of like forget how much we need the Lord. Because truly, without Him, we're blind. Here's the thing. Fear keeps us stuck in our thinking. We need to embrace what God is doing. Whatever He's doing in your life, embrace it. I don't know how you feel about it, but whatever God's doing or allowing in your life, embrace it. Change your mind about it. Uh, Like the snow was coming down today? Come on, this is great. I mean, God couldn't be any more clear. And y'all were like, disgusting snow. I'm like, look past the flakes. Did you see the colors as you drove in today? That was amazing. And the white just adds a little. Yes, I am a glass half full guy. As in, it's all the way full if it's got a little drop in it. And I think we need to change our mind about how we see things. All right, here, next point. So, how to see God working in my life. Gain some perspective, okay? Time to clean the glasses of judgment off. Roll up my sleeves. Participation in the game will help you. (laughs) Open your eyes. Shut my mouth. Stop the foolish talk. It blurs your vision. Change my mind. It's time to open up your thinking and stop this paralysis by analysis. And then this. Stick to my story. Just watch this guy. You want to see God working in your life? Watch what he does. Let's model this. Here it is. Verse 24. So for the second time they called the man. So, I mean, I don't know if you've been to a trial, but get the guy back up there on the witness stand. That's just kind of, it's interesting. It must be important. They, they call the man back. And they're like, yeah, we're done with your parents. We didn't really get what we wanted. So come back. Who has been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. That's leading the witness. Objection. You know, like that is leading the witness. Okay, so if there ever was, that is. So he said, stick to your story. Stick to my story. He answered, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, and I'm not sliding off of this, that though I was blind, now I see. You see how his testimony got real short? I was blind, now I see. I was blind, pitch dark, now I see. And the reason is Jesus. They said to him, what did he do to you? And how did he open your eyes? He said to them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. (laughs) Why do you want to hear it again? 
Do you also want to become his disciples? Ooh, sassy. And they reviled him. I mean, that's, I mean, that just shouldn't happen. A religious leader, a, a, a pastor, reviling, accusing, cursing, literally, at this man. That's crazy. They reviled him saying, you are his disciple. Yeah, tell me again. I am. You're right. But we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has, we know, we know. Maybe you came in here with a we know attitude. Didn't even come to learn. I hope that God's changing your mind. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. I mean, I would have just been quiet. But the man just keeps going. He's going to stick to it. The man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he has opened my eyes. We know, he's going to throw their language right back at him. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin. They're back on the judgment train with the disciples. Do you see it? You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? They cast him out. They kicked him out of the synagogue. Can you imagine being born blind? You're unclean. You can't go into the temple. All a Jew wanted to do was go into the temple. That was like the creme de la creme. Let's just go to church. And now he gets kicked out, never to return. You can't come back because he's standing on his story. Persecution's a thing, people. God says it in his word again and again and again. You will be persecuted for your faith. You will be ridiculed when you stand on Jesus as the foundation of your life. People do not understand that. Here's just a couple things I want to relay to you. Even when it's hard, I will stand on my conversion story. Have you been converted? Have you had a conversion? So here's the thing. If you don't have a conversion story, you don't have a conversion. Let me explain it to you this way. Any moms in the audience? Got a few. All right, some that don't want to admit it. That's all right. Kids aren't always awesome. All right, so it's like, I'm not raising my hand, dude. You'll own your kids again when they come nice. All right, so do you remember the day you gave birth? You probably remember telling your husband, we're pregnant. You remember going through that whole phase. I mean, so many ladies in our church have gone through this, right? And it's just like, whoa, there's a baby in there. This is, I'm eating for two. It's crazy. And then all of a sudden they come back the next week and it's like gone. The baby's gone. Where's the baby? Will you ever forget what happened? Will you ever forget that? It's not like you're going to roll up to the kid's sixth birthday and be like, yeah, I don't really remember um, how he got here, but like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it happened. That just doesn't happen. And I just want to say to you in tender love as your pastor, 
as a person who has to stand before Jesus Christ for your, you know, for you being in this church and you hearing the truth of the gospel. I thought the gospel was really clear last week, but I'm trying to give it to you clear again. We've got to preach the gospel to ourselves every week. If you don't have a conversion story, if you didn't say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. If you haven't had a conversion story, then you haven't been converted, right? There is no conversion. And I think that needs to be said and needs to be clear in your mind. Do you have a conversion story? Okay, so here it is. I'm just giving you three things, uh, four things really quick. Write them down. Relay your experience with God. Do you see what the guy does? 28 words describes what happened to him. 12 words describes what happened to him. Six words describes what happened to him. He's relaying his story, his experience with God over and over and over again. We have this thing called the 10-year vision. And one of the things we're asking people to do in here is we're asking people to articulate your story, your conversion experience, your God story in three to five minutes so that you'll be able to tell others. Well, this guy did it in 28 words. 12 words, six words. Okay, try that, right? But we're just, if you don't have one of these, pick one of these up. This is what we're asking you to do. Relay your experience with God. Second, refuse to be intimidated. What did he do to you? How did he do that? Tell us right now. We want to know. This is trickery, tomfoolery, you know? Like, People will try to intimidate you out of believing that Jesus Christ healed you and made you see. Refuse to be intimidated. This third thing. Reject their rejection. I'm not saying reject the person, right? But if you go home today and you go, I got saved today. And your mom and dad are like, well, I baptized you when you were an infant. You're not going to reject them. You're going to love them. Do we get that? But you need to reject the rejection. When people reject your experience with God, you don't have to throw them out. Love them. But you can reject the rejection. You don't have to listen to that. You don't have to be like reviled and abused and slandered. You can go, I know who I am in Christ. I know what God did to open my eyes. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. This is what God did in my life. And the last, respond to Jesus. Respond to Jesus. The progression, the man Jesus, the prophet, the man of God, and then you're going to see it in a second, Lord, I believe. So let me just ask you this to close this point. Where is Jesus in your story? Where's Jesus in your story? Is he kind of off in the corner? Shove him down into my big toe. When I need him, I'll rub it like a rabbit's foot. Is Jesus the central figure of your story? Because that's where he should be. And when he is the central figure, you will never slide off that story. You will stick to it. And you will see God working in your life. Last thing. Humble my heart. Humble my heart. 
How to see God working in my life, humble my heart. Just let me read it for you. This is really clear and we've got to be done. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and having found him said, how awesome is Jesus? Jesus hears the guy gets kicked out of the temple and he's like, I'm finding him. Because Jesus finds lost sheep. Right? Jesus isn't like, well, that's too bad. Well, at least he can see. He's like, no, I'm going to him. Because the work wasn't finished yet. He could see physically, but the spiritual focus was still coming into focus. Okay, so here it is. Watch this now. He, he said, okay, Jesus found him and he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And what do you know about blind people? Nothing, because I'm not blind. I mean, really. But I've heard that people who lose a sense, their other senses become more predominant. So I'm just thinking in the text, like, did this guy recognize the voice? I mean, would you recognize the voice of the person that told you to go wash and then you could see? Like, hold on, there's something familiar about this voice. So just keep that in mind. Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? See how soft his heart was? I want to, just tell me who. I want to believe, just tell me who. I pray that maybe some people are in this room right now just like, you keep talking about this conversion thing. You keep talking about accepting Jesus. You keep talking about what God could do for me and I could, my eyes could be opened. You keep talking about it. Like just, how do I do that? Who is that man? He's so wide open. I want to know that I may believe. And Jesus said to him, you have seen him because I opened your eyes and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. That's it. That was his moment. He was already physically being able to see, but now spiritually his eyes came wide open. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is God himself. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. It's not a riddle. It's not a riddle. It's just true. Those who do not see may see. If you're blind, God can use you. And those who see, if you're saying, I know everything about religion, and I know everything about God, those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this, they heard these things and they said to him, how snarky was this? Are we also blind then? You know, like, sassafras, it's crazy. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, we see, we know everything there is about religion. I grew up in the Lutheran church, the Catholic church, the Baptist church, the, you name the church. I know it all. I'm religious. If you were blind, you would have no guilt. 
But now that you say, we see, it's clear to us, your guilt remains. What a powerful passage of Scripture. What an astounding miracle that Jesus does. And the miracle isn't just that this guy could see physically. The miracle is that he could see spiritually. That's the real miracle. And so you're here, you can see, with glasses or not. But can you see spiritually? Or does God want to do a work in your life today so to open your eyes to be like, aha, that's what it always has been. How did I miss that in all of my years of religiosity? Humble my heart. I need help to see. Have you ever said that to God? I can't see it, God. I need help to see it. I need help to see. I can't see spiritually without God's help. It's in knowing that that I'm saved. I'm blind. I know I'm blind, God. Apart from you, I can do, I can see, I can say nothing. I'm blind. Are you willing to say that you can't see today in order to see forever? Here's how you do that. I know some of you guys are waiting for this. Profess my story. It's really simple. I know you've heard this before, ABC, right? Accept. Accept the fact that I'm blind and I'm guilty I can't see. I need Jesus' help. Okay? Believe that Jesus Christ came to earth, died, rose again to help me see. Believe that Jesus is here and that he's the only one that can open up your eyes. Ask Jesus. Jesus, I want to believe in you, right? I believe. Open my eyes to see. And then confess. Accept. I'm blind. Believe. You're God. <laughs> and confess. Jesus is my Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10. I can't say it any better than this. I'll just close with this. If you, you, me, Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Eyes open. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Today you have an opportunity to turn from your sin and to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you. He will open up your eyes. Ask Him. God, will you open up my eyes right now to my own sin? Maybe my own misunderstanding of religion or, or relationship with you. I thought I could work my way to heaven. I thought I could do it on my own. I thought you were just a rabbit's foot. But God, truly, truly, I'm blind. I'm a sinner. I need grace. I need a Savior. Forgive me for my sin. I believe 
that you can and that you will because you died for me and you rose conquering my sin, my death. And then you could say it. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. I, I worship him.